Welcome to another episode of A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast brought to you by the Beer Paloma Podcast Network. Our goal is to tell the story of local Minnesota craft beer, and hopefully you'll still respect us in the morning. So kick back and grab a cold one. The show starts now. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of A One Pint Stand. If it's March in Minnesota, it means Big Beer Week time. That's right, I'm talking about Big Beer Week up at Lupulin Brewing Company in Big Lake, Minnesota. This celebration is a unique tribute to beers that are over 10% alcohol. These are decadent, these are boozy, these are complex, and they're featuring 40 of them up in Big Lake, at Lupulin Brewing Company from March 6th through the 13th. And I got a chance to sit down with Jeff, Aaron, Marcus, Jason, and Tracy to talk all about what the brewery has in store for you. So we're going to head out there now to my on-location interview with the Lupulin Brewing Company folks to talk about Big Beer Week 2022. Okay, welcome to another on-location episode of A One Pint Stand. My name is Dan Bobian, and if you are like me, maybe over the last couple of nights your dreams have been more or less focused on decadent, boozy, barrel-aged beers, and maybe you've even heard voices getting into your head and telling you to mark off March 6th through the 13th to head up to Big Lake, Minnesota, to Lupulin Brewing Company for their Big Beer Week. If you're like me, then this episode is going to be an absolute treat because I'm sitting in my favorite conference room in America <laughs> up here at Lupulin Brewing Company with the whole crew. And I want to introduce uh, the the man behind the madness, or one of the one of the one of the men, one of the people behind the madness, uh, Jeff Ziert. Jeff. Thank you so much for having me up here. Yeah, it's great to have you back here, Dan. This is a great way to kick off a weekend. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you a, what. It's a great way. Woo! We've got... Uh, now, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to paint a picture with my words here. We have lots of bottles in front of us, lots of wires, <laughs> lots of glasses with delicious liquids in them. So, um, I'm excited, but before we get into the preview of the 2020 Lubulin Brewing Company Big Beer Week... 2022. No, not like that. It feels like 2020. It's been a two-year kind of a blur since yeah. COVID. You know. Yeah, we don't we, we don't want to those last two years. That's right. You know, 2022, 2022, not 2020. Uh, before we get into talking about the big beer week, uh, would you do me a favor and introduce all the fine people around this table? That sounds great. Uh, again, thank you for coming out. I'm Jeff Ziert, uh, co-founder of Lupulin Brewing Company, and with us today uh, we have. Uh, Jason Wester, who is now our hospitality manager. And actually, a little side note, um, he was hired two weeks before Big Beer Week 2017. This is our sixth Big Beer Week that we had, and we didn't even miss it. With We got lucky with COVID. We got it in before COVID, and we figured out a way in 2021 to make it happen. 
And Jason will be, uh, you know, shortly here after I get through intro, talking about how we're going to do a little bit of a hybrid this year as compared to what we've done years past, what we learned in 2021. So next, uh, we've got Aaron Ziert. Um, he is our head innovation brewer here at Lupulin and has made um, all these tasty treats that are in these barrels. And he's going to be talking about those as we go through them. Uh, we've got Marcus Paulson, our artistic and marketing director, who does all these crazy, crazy designs. And does he have something for a surprise this year for everyone? So, And then we've got Tracy Plotz, who's our social media and communications. And uh, she, she'll be talking here um, later about our infusions that we've got being released during the week. Uh, with that, um, just a few side notes, and I'm going to turn it over to to back to Dan, um, but just want to let you know we got 40 beers total that are going to be being released that week. Um, the oldest beer is Barrel God 2017. So mark Monday, March 7th, if you want one of the rare Barrel Gods. The other one that's going to be very limited is going to be our Whiskey Nuts 2018. So at that point, at this point, I am going to turn it over. And turn it back to Dan. You know, you, when he said 40 beers, I think my liver did a cartwheel. Um, I'm very excited about that. And I, I would like to meet the person who can do all 40 beers. That That's commitment. And, and a commitment to a really fun and enjoyable kind of spectrum of flavors, tastes, and textures. So... I'm sure if you're listening, you're wondering, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I attend this wonderful event? So, Jason, you've been on the show many times. I kind of figure out, you know, how to do this as we go, kind of like on the spot. Uh, first off, the person that can do all 40 beers, we call that a Marcus flight. <laughs> full pours only. Yeah, they have to be full pours only, and it's a rough weekend. Yeah, um, but it is, it is doable. I have, it can be done. It can. As the, the man, the legend himself. No. Uh, and also, I want to, like, you know, say, like, holy beer list, Batman. I mean, like, we got enough beers here to take out the Joker, the Penguin, and, you know, anyone else that wants to come after us. It's going to be a, quite the lineup. Um, this year, we're going to do a hybrid version uh, from last year. Jasonisms. Jason's expression. Continue, sir. Did I say penguins? You did? No, you didn't. Oh, you awesome. You no. When it comes to, you know, your... your Wasn't that your a villains. tuxedo bird at one time? That was a tuxedo bird at one time. We're talking about Batman's villains. You know, Robin... Batman's villains? Batman's <laughs> villains. But all right. If Jason um, opens up his dream journal and starts reading it, we're in for a wild ride, folks. I've read that. It's scary. Um, so yeah, uh, this year we're doing kind of a hybrid version, uh, mostly because of the uh, how everything's becoming a little more relaxed. Um, a lot of you guys had uh, mentioned that you really enjoyed how we did it last year. So last year it was completely ticketed for Inside Outside. Um, so last year, you know, it was an hour and a half block, bought a ticket, came in. Um, this year we're going to do a hybrid off of that. Um, a lot of people want to have a spot to, you know, put their derriere in a, a chair uh, while they're drinking. <laughs> Um, so we decided to turn our, uh, overflow event space into the ticketed, uh, or, you know, exclusive area where you can kind of come in, buy a ticket, make sure that you have a table to sit down. 
Uh, a ticket is $10. It's good for uh, up to six people. Uh, hour and a half blocks. We'll uh, give you like a 15-minute warning at the end of the block that uh, the block's coming to an end. Um, so that, you know, you need to slam that last Barrel God 2017 or Whiskey Nuts 18 real quick to grab your next one. Um, and then we will be doing standing room only inside the tap room. And then we'll also be setting up our heated tent outside. Uh, for those of you that on a whim decide that you want to come out and enjoy our company, you can still, you know, come out without having to have a ticket. Um, but you might not be guaranteed a spot for your derriere to sit in a nice hairy chair. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, you get a free pour with that oh, $10 ticket purchase. Thank you so for that. Kind yep. of for itself. Yeah, Ooh, yeah right. that, that $10 really is just buying your first drink, giving you a spot to sit. You're, you're buying your first drink that you were going to buy anyways while you were here. Because um, a lot of these beers, um, as you know, the, the, the time, the energy that we put into them, the barrel aging, the ingredients, um, a lot of these beers are going to be upper echelon beers, and they're going to be a little more expensive than our average 5 or $6 pour. So okay, pays for itself. I'm excited to hear that you're kind of, you know, making it because I still think with the way things are, um, I know that COVID cases are going down and everything, but just to allow people to be safe, but also to people who, you know, I'm sure there's still quite a few people that maybe haven't been up here for a big beer week and they'll hear about it through word of mouth or on social media and they'll decide, hey, I want to come up and check this out and enjoy it. So I'm glad that you know, if you if you get the get the notice midweek that you want to come up here, there's there's still a way to kind of come and enjoy that. Yep. No. And I thank you for bringing up like the like that whole hesitancy around COVID. Like we we respect everyone's take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one nice thing about the indoor space is we did install a new air exchange last year, so it's the air in there is almost as close to outdoor air. Uh, the reason we're doing the hour and a half blocks is so that we can get in there, clean the tables down, so that we can still have a safe environment indoors for those that might have some hesitancies towards you know, being a rattle around a large crowd. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think, uh, you know, I this is this is going to be year number six. I haven't missed a year. So, you know. Well, you missed two because you said it was 2020. Earlier, so. <laughs> You're still sobering up from the, you know. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> so Earlier um, was spelling. Yeah. Now, are there... <laughs> Yeah, just my brain is fried. This is the bad thing about recording at 4.30 on a Friday. I've used up all my brain power for the week. Um, are there going to be food trucks? Because I know that when I when I like to, you know, climb aboard the old uh, big, big beer pony, I need to, I need a little something in my, my tum-tum. So uh, do you know, are there going to be food trucks, or is that going to just be kind of like a surprise when people show up? So, uh, yes, I am definitely working on getting food trucks out here. I have a handful already kind of slotted in. Haven't filled out some of the dates, but I am definitely going to make sure that we have some sort of food option throughout the week because it would be irresponsible of us to not have something to have in your gut when we're drinking these 10 percenters. Um, I know that even like while working those days, I'll have little tasters and you can feel that lightheadedness kind of kick in. So you got to be careful. So we'll definitely have food here for you guys. Well, that's good. And if the no food trucks arrive, Jason will be uh, making... Sandwiches to go? Pasties. Ooh. No, you'll be wearing pasties. You'll be oh, making pasties. Yeah. <laughs> common misconception. Well, that's exciting. I'm very, very yeah, pumped for that. <laughs> All right. Oh, there's a, something you can't unsee. Um, well, that's good. All right. Well, Jason, thanks for chatting. Not a problem. I'm going to hand the mic over to Tracy for one. It's her turn. Okay, cool. Uh, so we want, now we want to talk about the 
opulent octopus. Alright, now, you can't come to a Lupulin without trying some beer, and I feel like this afternoon we are going to be sampling through quite a few little uh, little delights, but right now in our glasses we have a very uh, kind of goldenrod, kind of hazy, uh, smells like there might be a hop or two in here. Uh, this is the opulent octopus. Triple dry hopped, triple IPA. Oh boy. <laughs> triple dry hop, triple IPA. So we're starting on the sessionable side of things. <laughs> if, if, you, if you're the kind of guy who likes to end the night with gasoline. All right. So, uh, that one releases on Friday. So okay. Your little cheat sheet over there. Oh, okay. I was going to say. All right. So this is a Friday release. Let's see. Uh, 10.5%. So, yeah. It, I mean... I guess in it the continuum a, of these beers, this is the like the, uh, you know, this is the... Uh, <laughs> It'll get you there. <laughs> this is the pub ale. Um, <laughs> triple dry hopped, triple IPA. Now, for those people who are not familiar with, uh, if they've had an IPA, what could they expect in a triple IPA if they haven't had a triple IPA before? Uh, generally... More alcohol than a regular IPA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And the, I mean, the, and the hop presence is going to kind of go up with the alcohol. Okay. Usually, so that it it, it maintains a similar balance um, that you would get in an IPA, but all kind of just amped up. Yeah. Are you at liberty to say which hops you used to create this lovely bouquet yeah, in the sure. beer? Uh, so on the hot side, in the during the boil in the whirlpool, we used Peco and Sabro Cryo, and then in the dry hop, we did the first dry hop was Centennial, um, the second dry hop was Citra, and the third dry hop was a combination of Strata and Vic Secret. Oh wow! Okay, so what I'm noticing, there's some nice, really, almost kind of like mandarin orange a little bit of pineapple and then you kind of get a nice little modicum of bitterness at the end to balance it out and i'm gonna be honest uh sometimes when i see triple a ipa i get a little squeamish um but this is quite smooth and doesn't doesn't taste uh there's not a not a whole lot of heat and i guess you know for me to say a ten and a half percent beer doesn't have a lot of heat is is kind of a testament to the brewing process and the balance of it because I think I've had plenty of ten and a half percent beers that have been pretty hot and pretty uh, overwhelming. So this is really good. So talk to me about um, the name Opulent Octopus. Uh, I'm a killer. I, I love a good name, and I know that um, <laughs> I know that. Before we started rolling, you told me that this beer was the namesake and kind of the inspiration for the this year's Big Beer Week logo. And I want to bring Marcus into the conversation because one of my favorite things about Big Beer Week, in addition to the beer, the camaraderie, the fun, is I'm always excited to see what you come up with for the t-shirt design, Marcus. Aww. You are such <laughs> a gifted artist. Thanks, and 
all the things you come up with are unique and special. But I'm going to say, and, and the first time you did the skull, the really detailed skull, I was like, wow, this is probably as good as it gets. I mean, because <laughs> um, it was so cool. Sure. And it's sure. so neat. And then you did kind of like, then, then there was the design with the skull with the horns, and it all looked kind of like it was wood celebrating like a lot of these beers has have spent time in barrels but i have to say this year's design with the octopus kraken demonic red-eyed uh hop hop symbol on the thing on the head and the crown is probably might be one of the coolest things i've ever drawn i'll probably hate it in a week or two but currently i still like it a lot this is tremendous so, I want to know, Marcus, how does somebody get this amazing Gross. work of art? There <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go. Um, that the first, that but remember, kids, stay in school. <laughs> um, uh, I'm pretty sure Mandy came up with the name. Uh, we've done a handful. No? She took credit for it about an hour ago. Um, <laughs> I smell controversy. There was some kind of a brainstorm happening for other Zupac names. Um Come later, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we all like alliteracy and uh, alliteration. Alliteration. Alliteracy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> words are hard. Alliteracy. I've been drinking. This is what it's called. Alliteration. I'm a large fan. Um, yeah. There's been. We've had Dapper Donkey. We've had. What are the other ones, Aaron? My brain's broken. I think Dapper Donkey was the first of the alliterative. Uh, yeah. Animal uh, triple IPA names, yeah. um, and then we have a whole. I've, I have a full arsenal of <laughs> alliterative animal triple IPA names. Aaron's been cranking out these triple IPAs on our Timberl system that have been just killer, and they all have really fun names. And potentially coming soon is some kind of a mixed pack, maybe solid, maybe. Oh um, yeah, yeah this, uh, maybe this will be part of it. I don't know. But this <laughs> kind of falls in line with the. The fun names and the really, really delicious triple IPAs. Delicious and dangerous IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I want to ask a question. So, the you you all have several different variations of t-shirts for people who come through. All right. Every year, the, artist, the art changes. Um, I know you said that this particular um, iteration of the Cthulhu Octopus Kraken is one of your favorites. Um... How, when, so when did you start, when do you start thinking about it? Or talk me through your process. The process. Um, There's no process. Or does, or does it like, whoa, that's an idea. I try to start thinking about it a few months ahead of time because I know I'm going to spend way too much time on it. Um, I want to create a new skull every year. That's just kind of been the theme that's sort of been established over the years. There's always a new skull. Um, we've used the same one. We've got these 10-ounce glasses that have it on there. I added like a wood texture to it one year that felt like phoning it in. I wanted to do something completely new. Um, and then the octopus name came up, and we talked about the potential of doing some kind of a 16-ounce can release into the market to tie along with Big Beer Week. I don't know. It all just kind of came together in my head. Uh, I should combine a skull and an octopus. Late one night, I was drawing it, and it, all of a sudden, I realized there was this Cthulhu vibe coming on. Big Beer Week Generals always had kind of a dark, not quite evil, but like a like a dark theme. It's dark beers, it's barrel aged beers. Uh, it just it seemed to fit. 
and yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain how my brain works, but I just started drawing this skull octopus thing, and uh, it was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. One time, I got the um, I had the privilege of just watching you work. You were you were working on the Rubus Cubus Word. design, and it was just so interesting. I'm not artistic at all. I can't draw a stick person to save my life. And just to kind of like see what you were coming up with, it was really cool. And I think um, I wish, I bet a lot of breweries wish they had somebody with even 25% of your talent. You are so gifted and I love the fact that you share this gift uh, with so many people through your artwork. And yeah, I just, I love the opportunity to, to put my art on a t-shirt and see people wear it. Hundreds of people drive from the cities every year to get that eight-day shirt, and it just it blows my mind. Massive bragging rights are involved in that shirt. It's like a flex to wear those shirts to future Big Beer Week events. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's great. Soon you'll be able to wear I can this a year. different <laughs> eight-day, well, in a few years, a yep. different eight-day shirt every single one yep. of the eight days. Yep. Well, that's it's super fun. I'm I'm just excited about this year's design, uh, and so you know, well, that's, thank you. That's really awesome, and I'm I'm excited about this beer. I'm I I like the opulent octopus more than I thought I would, because triple IPAs is just kind of not my go-to style. I tend to if I'm drinking a bigger beer, I tend to go more in the malty direction. Um, but this is this is quite quite tasty. So Aaron's killing it lately. Just. I mean, always been killing it, but I've been very much enjoying his triple IPAs. Yeah. I think everybody here has been dr- enjoying his triple IPAs. Yeah, stay on very long. <laughs> and no. I'm not sure if you caught it. A Dan, lot of but, it is consumed uh, by the this staff. Opulent op- octopus is, um, it's a large enough batch that we are doing a limited canning run. So there will be four packs of 16-ounce cans available, mostly just in the Twin Cities market. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. And that label will be entered into the CBMAs, and I will win a platinum trophy. <laughs> I, I mean, you put it out Call there. Call in my shot. <laughs> you put it out there, and I think, yeah, I, I, would, I would not bet against you it's gonna look with sick. this. This is awesome. All right, we took a little break to uh, re- refill our skeleton cups. And now we're ready to go into the great beyond. And we're joined here by Tracy. Tracy, this is your first... (laughs) Marcus, I don't want to do it to your name. (laughs) This is your first Big Beer Week as a Lupulin employee, Mm -hmm. but... Not my first Big Beer Week, Dan. Not your first rodeo. No. no. Uh, Tell me, how many how many Big Beer Weeks have you been a part of? All of them. All that of was them. actually uh, part of the reason I hired her, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Came up during the interview that she had been to every single Big Beer Week, and I was uh, very impressed by that. She's very passionate about it. Highly we, actually, uh, we had a little test during the interview where Jason brought us a few samples um, and I asked her to describe them and then try to guess what they were. One of them was Barrel God, and she knew that it was Barrel God and even managed to guess the year, which kind of blew me away. It's, 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 it's either something to be proud of or something that people are probably worried about. I'm not sure which one at this point. Um, 
I've been a fan of Lupulin since we moved up to Big Lake. Um, I love what they did. Um, my boyfriend and I have been avid fans and patrons of Lupulin since, yeah, as long as I can remember now. Um, so this is like landing my dream job, honestly, to be able to talk about beer, be involved in beer, and work social media, which I love to do and interact with the people. And so... Super, super excited to be on this side of things for Big Beer Week this year, and it's I'm so amazed by how much goes into planning this. Like, you guys, you have no idea how much work this is. Honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little, nuts. it's crazy, and it's so fun, and um, yeah. So, talk to me a little bit about um, you know from the social media angle. Obviously, this is a this is a marquee event for the brewery, and. Um, there's so many people all over the state who love coming to Lupulin for this. What does that, where, when do you, like, kind of like we, we asked Marcus about when he starts working on the artwork, when do you kind of come up with your plan with how do you, like, get the word out, keep, you know, consistently in people's feeds? Because I think in this day and age, that is a hugely important thing that breweries need to do, especially when they have such a special event like Big Beer Week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, every chance I get throughout the year, if, you know, it's a day and Aaron and Justin are like, hey, we're going to go pull nails and barrels and sample things, and we start possibly planning a Big Beer Week beer, like, it's going to go up on a story. We're going to tease it. I mean, people reach out beginning of the year. They're like, when's Big Beer Week? It's, it's always the first week of March, but, you know, people are just so excited to find that out and start saving the date, so... As soon as that date is nailed down, as soon as we have some artwork, I'm like, save the date. We need to get it up. We need to, like, start talking about this. Um, as far as the schedule, it changes all the time, just dependent on what we think we need to promote when. Um, but it's, I don't Words are hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> words have been words so hard, hard for me to swing. Words are hard. It's very, very tricky. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's really great on the keyboard. Words have been my arch none arch none. Yeah, I mean it's nemesis. It's like yeah. everything else. Help me. <laughs> he what, knows what, what I mean. What time nemesis. did she start drinking today? Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. There's a lot of big beers here. It's no, it's fine. It happens. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> we did do that. Yeah. yeah. It's a team effort. We're always moving yes. a million miles an hour. Absolutely. It's yeah. A lot of catch up kind of constantly playing catch up so yeah since, it happen every year tracy since you're kind of a big beer week lifer do you have favorites over the years that kind of stick out to you oh, uh snap. and is that part of the excitement i mean when you get this little encyclopedia encyclopedia britannica of beer <laughs> beers of 40 beers you know as you look over this list you know as you think of like other beers that you've had over the years how does are you pretty excited about this? Does it hold oh. up or you wish like, no, oh, I'm, I wish we'd bring this one back from. I'm so stoked about this list. I mean, there are certain ones that like will always have a soft place in my heart. Like Whiskey Nuts 2018. I remember standing outside in the rain, waiting the day that beer was released to buy bottles of it. Like it's like number three or four in line. And I'm just like, Dedication. You know, like <laughs> took like an extended lunch break from work when I was working from home to get up here and grab that. Um, so that I love that beer. I love the whiskey nuts line. I will always beg that we bring back the infusion of the whiskey nuts and peanut butter. That was like 
a super boozy Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm. One of my absolute favorites. Um, so should have brought that up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh snap! That was a good one, guys. This is one of our first peanut butter. Impressions. That was so. That was back when there was no sort of ticketing or anything, and to get the infusion, you had to be here when that infusion was tapping, and actually, you had to be here within an hour before that infusion was tapping and start standing in the newly created line for the infusion. Yeah, cause they were just pins back then. They would yeah. blow. Mm-hmm. They blew real quick. Yeah, so that was like, we always made sure we were here when it opened, and one of us would find somewhere to sit, one of us would go start that line to stand in line for that infusion because we wanted it. And this is one where we got it, and we sipped it, and we're like, oh, that is so good, and immediately got back in line to go get a second class because you had to stand in the line again, so... That's such a cool story. And I love the fact that, you know, you mentioned like you, you have your dream job. Yeah. You were a huge fan of the brewery and now you are part of the team. That's got to be really exciting. It's so, so cool. I love that I got to like help play a part in picking these different infusions and helping Marcus do all of the things that I can help him with because... I can't draw either. So. And no bonus, you don't have to stand in line. And I know I don't have to stand in any line anymore. That's so cool. <laughs> don't tell my boyfriend that. He gets really mad about it though. Wait, do you make your boyfriend you still stand make in him line stand still? in line? That's, that's, that's <laughs> Sounds like a yes. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to let you in early, but you know we have a we have a policy. I'm sorry. You'll, your number will be called soon. <laughs> He just stands there, like, shaking his head. You can't give him too much special treatment, though. I suppose. I suppose. Um, well, okay, so let's... Uh, we've got the first beer here. looks like we have... Now Now we've gone... You know, my, my opulent octopus is all but... And now it's gone. Um, the first beer we're going to taste right now is the Whiskey Nuts 22 Woodford Reserve. This 12.7%... Imperial Brown Ale is aged in Woodford Reserve rye whiskey barrels. Yeah, dude. Oh boy. Yummy. Let's just take a moment. Let's, and let's, 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 okay, so this is uh, definitely nice and dark. Ooh. That smells good. Got some legs on the side. And, and. I'm not sure I tried this one before, honestly. It's really good. At 12.7%, I guess you would expect there to be some nice legs. Yep. Could have called this the ZZ Top beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of sweet. I'm getting no alcohol at all out of this. So that's something I always tell my friends is Lupulin is like the genius of hiding alcohol in beers. You will never, ever probably be able to guess an actual percentage of alcohol in these beers. And, and that can be great, and it can be... Uh, dangerous. You know, dangerous. Right? So, uh, first and foremost, it's always like plan, plan a sober ride, because these, these... And the nice thing is, is like, you know, it's not like... I mean, if you, if you can come up here every day and try some, that's kind of like a good plan of attack if there's ones. And I, I really would recommend going through the list and... You know, highlighting different ones so you can kind of divide and conquer, especially if you want to get that amazing T-shirt. You you want to show up on all eight days and try, you know, all a little bit years. of a little bit of each and have some some good ones. So, um, talk to me. So, Whiskey Nuts has kind of been around for a while. 
it's mm-hmm. kind of one of the fan favorites that people look forward to. Um, what was the thought process uh, behind this particular iteration? I know last year you did um, a barrel god that was aged in a Woodford Reserve. Is that correct? Yes, I believe Woodford Reserve Bourbon. Bur- yeah, Woodford Reserve Bourbon. So, talk to me about why um, you figured whiskey nuts would be a good uh, a good beer to put in a Woodford Reserve barrel. So, fun fact about this year's release is actually um, it is aged for two years in Woodford Reserve rye, and last year's release of wood of whiskey nuts was also it was the same original batch. This was just aged for twice as long. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. I didn't know that. Very subtle differences. You definitely... The, I think one of the things, the darker color is probably additional time in the barrel. Um, It definitely has some of those oxidative effects that you would get from longer time in a porous, you know, semi-porous barrel where it's it's getting small amounts of oxygen. That's part of barrel aging. Mm -hmm. Um... So yeah, it's just, uh, we have, over the last couple years, started experimenting with aging some of our beers for longer periods of time than we've done standard in the past. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was, I had enough of them saved from last year's go-around that were tasting really awesome. So we decided to package that as the kind of standard release of Whiskey Nuts this year. Yeah. I think... The longer you age something in a barrel, the more character you can get. And from what I have learned about barrel aging beers is it's like, it's there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking about a, a porous vessel where things can, you know, air, oxygen can get in. And, you know, luckily, I mean, if you know what you're doing like you all, you know how to make that work for you to get some of those maybe sherry-like flavors and different things like that. Um, I was recently at the Town Hall Brewery uh, preview for their... uh, They do a barrel-aged week, and Mike Hoops was saying that a lot of their beers spend longer than most people would guess Mm -hmm. in barrels. And I think... Being able to do that, I mean, it's it can be a little tricky if you don't know what you're doing. Just to leave a leave a beer. There's a. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of like the care that goes into? I mean, it's not like you just put the beer in there and forget about it. Mm. There's maintenance. There's yeah. there's different things. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people um, probably don't really understand just how much work goes into making this beer from the idea, hey, let's throw it in this barrel to now as we're tasting it, and it's an exquisite beer. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that process. Yeah, so funny you say you don't just put it in the barrel and kind of forget about it, but actually, I mean, to an extent, that is almost like a skill or like a patience that you need to have for it to work out well, generally. Okay. Because if you try to do too much with it, if you check in on it too early, too often, uh, you are bound to screw it up. Mm. And also just moving the barrels around and potentially keeping them in spaces that are 
too hot or too cold or, you know, not the right humidity. And you, you, every place has to work kind of with the space they have. And, right. Um, but, and different people have um, different different preferences for the way that those different variables interact with the barrel-aged beer. But a lot of it is kind of putting it in there and knowing that it's going to be quite some time and just uh, keeping yourself from checking in on it too early and rushing it. Mm -hmm. What is the preferred temperature that you found works really well for your process for barrel aging? Uh, I would say generally I would like the barrels to be kind of in the most extreme, like 50 to 70 degree okay. Fahrenheit range. Uh, like in the 60s is probably my preferred. Okay. We like, unfortunately, in our current circumstances, don't have a temperature humidity controlled space okay. to do this in. Um, so they, they definitely do experience much uh, wider temperature and humidity variation okay. than that. Okay. Um, but it's just kind of learning how your beers in your barrels interact with the environment that they're in and kind of just harnessing that yeah. and making it work for you the best you can. Um, and I think we've figured out pretty well how to, how to make that happen. Yeah, I'd say so. This is delicious. Yeah, this is really good. <laughs> so, Aaron, when people come in to try this beer, what should they be expecting as far as flavors? Uh, so this beer is... Definitely has um, some whiskey on the nose. Um, it is caramely, uh, maybe just a hint of hint of roast, but like the slightest hint. Um, I get a ton of caramel. Caramely yeah, is I definitely the I'm with you there. The biggest thing. Um, I mean, so we like use a variety of like crystal malts in the in the malt bill, um, in addition to the pale two row malt that makes up the majority of of the grain bill. Um, there's a variety of um, different colored uh, crystal malts in there that provide a complexity of like caramel and toffee flavors, mm. um, and then just building in body so that when the beer is finished fermenting it you know has some of that residual sweetness that plays with also balances the booze and right yeah yeah i think one of the one question i have and this was um when it comes to sourcing barrels did the pandemic add um complexity to that process did you find there were more obstacles as far as like supply chain issues or maybe like certain places where you'd gone before to get barrels maybe they were like we're not dumping as many barrels so we don't have as many to to give or i don't think there was uh any lack of uh distilleries emptying barrels compared to i mean i at least from like a sales perspective a lot of you look at statistics and things alcohol sales were up pretty much everywhere throughout the pandemic uh there definitely were uh supply chain uh shipping kind of uh difficulties 
more so, I think, um, you know, with different COVID outbreaks happening, um, the warehouses aren't as well staffed, the ports get shut down, the, there's a variety of things that cause, you know, hiccups throughout mm -hmm. the supply chain in all sorts of different uh, areas, and that definitely uh, impacted um, the ability to get barrels also, I know there were some distilleries that because of the pandemic, basically from my understanding is that they decided to sell like all their barrels to like a single buyer somewhere other than like two brokers that were, were selling them to individual brewers okay. um, because it was easier for them to just be able to get like offload them and get cash on hand. Okay. Um, and so that did uh, create some um, scarcity issues for certain types of barrels. Uh, I would say in general, we didn't have too much difficulty getting what we wanted. There may have been small delays in timing, but uh, all workable things. Okay. Um, definitely cost increases, though, too. That we okay. Now, for everything. I should also mention or reiterate, I think I mentioned this. So this beer releases on Sunday, March 6th. It's, uh, <laughs> there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine beers that will be on draft. And for bottle releases, uh, this one, Whiskey Nuts 22 Woodford Reserve, uh, is going to be available for bottle purchase. Do you want to touch on that process? How do, if people want to drink it on tap and they really like it, they want to bring a bottle home and... Uh, how does that process work? Is, One they... million dollars. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, might want to liquidate those assets, folks, because <laughs> March March six will be here before you know it. Um, is there an is there is that a ticketed thing? Do people need to pre order or no, they get to show up? Okay. Yeah. Show up and get your bottle. And so me. there are a couple things about the the draft releases too. That that long list on the first day. Several of those things will just already have been on tap prior um, okay. and the big thing is just pulling off all the other beers that are on tap in order to make space for each day's release um and then also that we do not do flights during big beer week oh right um, yeah so like basically everything is going to be available in like a five or a ten ounce pour so a five ounce pour is only slightly bigger than your flight pour, but we're not going to do the flight boards and the small glasses all at once because it just it creates too much of a log jam at the sure at the counter. So yeah, that's completely understandable. And if you have a problem um, with that, you know, have a little patience. Yeah, and have a little patience. It's gonna two be other things. So the infusion will just be tapped right away when we open on each day. Um, okay, and it, it'll be available until it's gone. Uh, there's no to-go of the infusion. You can't fill a growler. Um, it's just available on tap. Uh, and Wait. then the bottle releases, there are no limits to how many bottles an individual can purchase, but uh, the different releases have differing numbers of total bottles available. So, uh, And they're all fairly limited. So Okay. If, if you get here, you try the beer, you like it, you want to get a bottle, get it that, that day. Because right. it might not be – typically, most of the bottles are gone before the end of the week. Okay, yeah. You don't so. want to sleep on them 
is what we're saying. All right. Yeah, if you're curious about the infusions and bottles and when things are happening, all this is listed on the current Facebook event. Okay, perfect. Um, so you can find out all the information on what is releasing when. And uh, if you want to sit down, I would recommend getting an early time block if you want to try the infusion and have a chance to get a bottle. Because like Aaron said, some of these are very limited quantity. All right. They could go quick. That is good information to know. Uh, let's move on to the second one. Uh, we're moving on to a beer that releases on Thursday, March 10th. This is the Whiskey Nuts Tattersall Edition. The Imperial Brown Ale aged in a Tattersall chocolate malt whiskey barrel and a Tattersall cherry wood smoked malt whiskey barrel. So this is a blended beer. That's correct. Uh, and this clocks in at 13%. We're just climbing up that ladder. Yeah, climbing up the ladder. I see that uh, Whiskey Nuts 20 is a 16.2. I believe that's what I got on my ACT. So that's exciting. Um, so let's talk. <laughs> I was a very gifted uh, student. Um, so let's let's take a little sniff of this. Oh, this is very different. Super different. Wow. Okay. So the aroma on this is very interesting. I almost get kind of like a almost like a leathery kind of a tobacco-y yeah. aroma, which oh, is that's good, which is interesting. And so I'm really fascinated with blending. And uh, so give just give us like a Cliff Notes version of what does it mean when you're when you're blending a barrel aged beer? What what's that process like? So he grabs his blender. <laughs> 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 I need a you need a banana, a lime, <laughs> some kale, well, protein powder. <laughs> right, get the get the PB too. Beans and bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole bottle. <laughs> you, you need you really don't want to skimp on the blender if you're gonna blend. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm I'm kind of curious about that too. Is that just a whole lot of guess and check and just. Adding things together and tasting them and seeing what you like. What's your process? I call yeah. it liquid science. <laughs> yeah. So when we when we kind of get to the point where we know barrels are getting close to being ready, uh, we'll typically pull lots of samples or samples from lots of different barrels uh, and line them all up. And I mean, generally, I would, like a first thing would be just identifying any anything that might be off and just kind of taking that off the table right away um but aside from that um i think a lot of times we go into it having ideas about some things that might blend well together um and then if we have multiple um say barrels of each of those components then uh, both confirming that Indeed, they do work well together, and then finding the uh, combination of those barrels that provides like that real, um, like incredible flavor that that you're looking for. Um, so that like not every single barrel is going to be just fantastic, right? Um, and with these small ones, you really want to have like both of them be fantastic to make them shine. Yeah. And I guess maybe this is a question I should have asked earlier, but um, it's not like you have an infinite amount of, no. the, of, the, of this beer. So typically how much, uh, what's the kind of like uh, volume of beer that 
you have to work with before you start deciding which barrels to put it into? Um, so which barrels to pull from or... Well, yeah, that's or, a, yeah. I guess that's like, what is your like, what is your um, like, how many barrels do you fill at the beginning when you're like, okay, so yeah. we we get these barrels, and I, I would imagine that with these, uh, this Tattersall, uh, the malt whiskey barrel and the Cherrywood smoked malt whiskey barrel, how many barrels? We just do, had one of each of one those. One of each. Okay, so that makes it really like. Does that <laughs> just thinking about that gives me a lot of anxiety because like I don't know when you, when I'm just trying to cook something at home and like I've got oh only this much if you screw it up you're like oh well that's yeah. uh, got to go back to the store yeah so no. I think we had a couple options with this uh, it's like we had the opportunity to get these a handful of um, single barrels from Tattersall uh, that we chose different base beers to fill them with. Um, and then had a couple options going into potentially packaging. Uh, you could either do each of them on their own. If like just standalone, each one was awesome and unique. Um, you had the opportunity to put them together. Um, if that was a cooler flavor than either one by itself. Uh, and that's ultimately what we decided to do. Okay. Um, or I mean, they could have been just used as accents mm, okay. in like our standard whiskey nuts release. If say they didn't like, they weren't unique enough to really warrant being released on their own and combining them together. Didn't create that shining example of something different. Right. Um, but they could have in, you know, a 10% or a 15% or 25%, amount provide some complexity to this the general badge that mm. was also an option okay um so kind of just going into it those are the things that we're thinking of like we could do like one of these like three things yeah yeah or if it's not good then it's just going down the drain and that happens sometimes too unfortunately <laughs> no, I don't want which that. is one of the which is Your one of the face. reasons that this okay. is so like these beers are expensive because it there's so much risk involved in barrel aging and the barrels are expensive and the time and all those, all those things that that's why the beers cost what they do. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, looking back over the years, what, what's the biggest thing that you've learned about blending since you first started? Like, I mean, I would imagine that, you know, the more experience you have with it, you kind of like, okay, we're, you, you know to avoid certain pitfalls, but what, you know, if you were going to, if somebody came to you for one piece of advice when it came to barrel aging and blending beers, what would it be? Oh, that's so hard. I ask the hard questions. <laughs> that's what, I mean, a lot of podcasts will come in here and say, hey, where can I get your glassware? But I dig deep. I dig, <laughs> we're getting to the core of it here. I mean, I guess... Maybe a little contrary to what I just talked about, about like having uh, like a preset idea or some options, like also being quite open to as to what might work well together. And like, even if you think it won't work, maybe try it uh, because you might hit on something like just super 
cool and unique. Yeah. And and to me, in a spe- my like barrel aging imperial kind of big beer philosophy, really, um, I get excited about like different uh, wood types, different whiskey varieties that we're using or different spirits uh, more so in playing with those and combining those rather than adding adjuncts to create exciting flavors. I think like just by picking different sorts of bourbon barrels or using rum or using aquavit or using scotch or... For nuts next, right, Aaron? (laughs) 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 It's Friday! We Friday. did not have our shot of Fernet today. Nor are we going to because we got another 17% beer on here <laughs> later on. But yeah, for me, that's the, that's the most exciting thing is, is playing with those things rather than adding adjuncts. Yeah. Um, not to say that you can't get fantastic beers with adjuncts, and we've done that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I being, think, being open to new combinations where you might really hit on something special, yeah. and not just always going with something that's kind of tried and true, and you know is going to work, but also well, it, might not, th- it might not stand out to anyone really. You know, you're the innovation brewer. To innovate, certainly you have to have a plan, but also, like you said, being open to things because you might hit on something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's perfectly explained. And part of, like, why I think there's – people should respect these these beers in this process so much because it's not like, okay, step one, do this. Step two, like, you really have to understand what you're dealing with. Um, and I hate to keep mentioning Town Hall, but well, they, I asked – Right. So. <laughs> I asked Mike Hoops, you know, and he, he said, he's like, you know, the barrels tell us when the beer's ready. Like you can't Absolutely. just you can't just have a plan. You can't just say, "All right, in four months it's going to be this." You really do have to just, like you said earlier, be be patient and just sometimes let let the beer uh, speak, and the beer is going to do what the beer is going to do. Um, so that's and interesting. Every, I mean, every time you check on it, you risk screwing it up. Right. So, right. I mean, yeah, patience is key. Yeah. Really, like we have some of these, some of these beers that we'll get to later that involve like even older components blended in, and like those barrels weren't even. I didn't even taste them until we like were right at the final, like the finish line to decide this was going to go in. Uh, just knowing, knowing that it was probably going to be good, but also having a backup plan if it didn't work, but. I don't want to be pulling from this barrel that's had three years of evaporation and that right. kind of thing when I don't need to, especially if I think, you know, it might sit for another however long, yeah. like that every time you do it, it you, you risk screwing it up. So, yeah, it's a, it's such an interesting process, but there's, it, it's fraught with peril, you know, like every, there, there are so many ways you could go wrong. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think you made any mistakes with this one. It's very good. This is kind of amazing. Yeah, so this one's really cool. This Tattersall, the Cherrywood smoked chocolate malt whiskey combo. It's like a little, I think it's a little sweeter up front than the the other one, but it finishes with more of a tannic 
dryness. Mm, yeah. As well as having some kind of like sweet tobacco like flavors. Um, some cacao, I think, and uh, just in case anyone's turned off by the word tobacco, um, this thing is delicious. <laughs> Much well, to Aaron's dismay, I'm a large fan of putting Snickers bars in beers and all that kind of cool <laughs> stuff. Uh, before this podcast started, I was drinking our Atomic Fireball coffee shop assault vehicle. Oh, God, <laughs> if it's got sugar and chocolate in it, I'm all about it. Yeah. This beer has no adjuncts, and this is one of the most delicious liquids I think I've ever tasted. Yeah, this is, this it is, is super well balanced. Intensely good, very yeah. sweet, and there's no adjuncts. Yeah. It's just Tracy. What do you like about this beer? I love the like I I'm with you on getting that like leatheriness up front, and yeah. it's, when you say like the cherry wood and the chocolate, and I mix. Like, it is sweet for sure, but it's also not, like, overly sweet, guys. Like, this is just yeah, a super well-balanced. Yeah, like, you get those woody notes, and you get, like, this nice sweetness, and it it finishes dry. But So it's not going to, like, leave this, like, thing in your stomach where you're like, oh, boy, like, just drank so much sugar. Like, this is, this yeah, is really well done, Aaron. There's like, nothing I'm cloying impressed. about it. And I think, I mean, kind of like... I think we all know that, that good beer has to be balanced. It has to have, like, certain different notes, just like a, a great dish that you'd get at a restaurant. Every every part has to be in harmony with the other. And I think this is a good example of that, is the aroma, it almost kind of tricks you, because I'm like, okay, this might be, it, it's roasty, it's tobacco-y, it's leathery, it's probably not going to be very sweet. And then you get, like, some sweetness with the dry finish. It's a really experience, a really good uh, flavor experience. Now we poured these and let them sit at room temperature for a bit. And I think that that is an important thing that when you come to Lupulin, you know, if you're going to get a beer like this, I wish every brewery had the luxury to just like program whatever temperature you want it to be served at. That's not feasible. So I recommend if you get a pour like this, uh, cup it in your hands, let it warm up a little bit because you're really going to kind of awaken some of those aromas and some of those flavors. Um, or maybe order two order short two. pours yeah. and you can kind of like slowly go back and forth between them so you can... I'm uh, with you there. As, yeah. as, as you you do that, it allows both of them to kind of warm up. You don't, don't make it to the end of the one quite as quickly. Um, right. So you'll be able to experience it as it warms too it really opens up well what's also nice is and i think you paired some of these up is for comparison so even that day we have our whiskey nuts 18 so if you were to come in and are a big whiskey nuts fan i'd order a whiskey nuts 18 and a whiskey nuts 22 right away and take those two five ounce glasses to your table and do just what aaron said oh you're talking and, about the first day yeah, yeah. on yeah. sunday so I was looking at Sunday, but if you look at this one, you got to miss Whiskey Nuts, the 2020, mm-hmm. which is the, one of the big beers, 16.2%. It's the biggest beer that we're actually serving the which entire day is week. That on? That's, that's on Thursday. Yep. Oh. That's with this one. Yeah, so that's later. That's yep. with the Tattersall one. So yeah. the, whiskey, yep. the Whiskey Nuts 22 Tattersall releases on Thursday, March 10th. And like Jeff said, you can kind of. You know, pair that with a couple like the Whiskey Nuts Twenty, which is you know all in a, also an Imperial Brown Ale aged in whiskey barrels, sixteen point two percent. That is the that's, biggest one this year. That's, just, that's good. the biggest that, beer. You the biggest don't know of the big beers. Beer ever? No, I thought we had something. Uh, one of our 
Barrel think Gods was or was it Roos? I think it was. Uh, I want to say have been we the had old seventeen. I thought we had a seventeen oh, no, at one time. 16. I don't think there was anything that actually. Or is this hit the biggest beer? That might be. The Has this been our biggest beer? Yeah. I think it's the biggest one. Yeah. So can I put this in my snowblower if I uh, was short on gas and it would run? The 16.2? Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. All right, let's move on to the next beer that we have in our, okay. our, our row. And this is the Whiskey Demigod 22, 13.6%. Imperial Stout and Brown Ale blend of four barrels. Whiskey nuts aged 32 months in Woodford Reserve Malt Whiskey. Blended barrel of whiskey nuts and barrel god aged 24 months in Four Roses bourbon. Barrel god aged 13 month, 13 months in Appleton Estate rum, and barrel god aged 12 months in 1970 or 1792 bourbon. A lot of numbers, a lot Very of dumb. months. Was that all um, of it? That is. Uh, I want to repeat questions, but like, so, how do you come up with that? I guess it's just pulling a lot of samples and blending a lot of things. Yeah. Labor of love. Those are the best days at work, though. When you walk <laughs> in and they're like, we're going to go pull some nails from barrels. And I was like, okay, sure, twist my arm. Let's go sample some I was going to work on these TPS reports, but I guess that can wait. <laughs> um, There's beer to sample. I mean, it's, it's delicious. Now, so I, I'm a big fan of 1792 bourbon. I've had the kind of like the regular mm-hmm. bourbon, and I have a bottled in bond bourbon uh, bottle that I haven't opened yet. I'm waiting for a special occasion. Um, but that's that's a very very good bourbon. So there's a lot of different things. A blend of four barrels. That's very exciting. So let's see. Um, now, when you're blending four barrels, is kind of did you like what le- words what, are hard. What, what, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what led you to, how did you decide on these four barrels that this would be the, the perfect amalgamation for this beer? So honestly, this actually wasn't the intended blend exactly. There were supposed to be five barrels. Uh, and one of those barrels that did was... Did Ben drink one of them, that <laughs> bastard? <laughs> it was me. One of those barrels that was supposed to be part of this blend, um, we had to dump. Ah, okay. Um, that being said, still thrilled with the resulting blend, but it is a little different than what the original intention was. Um, that was a Whiskey Nuts a whiskey nuts barrel that was supposed to get blended into there. Okay. That was not up to snuff. Great example of what you said earlier. You can't uh, always plan. Things change. Things yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, Mike Mike Hoops was telling us that they had a a Pappy Van Winkle barrel that the beer wound up tasting like celery and dill. Ooh. So that went down the tubes, and that was a difficult barrel to come by. <laughs> so. Right. It just yeah. goes to show, like, yeah. you never really know. Yeah. Um, now, this one on the nose I get is more, to me, is a lot more straightforward bourbon-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I like. And I, I, I think the Demigod is especially cool just kind of as a, as a concept. We came up with it a couple years ago. It was one of the first times we, we were blending 
kind of quite different beers together. Okay. Um, and so blending our whiskey nuts, hence the whiskey part of it, yep. and then barrel god, the demigod. Demigod meaning, in my mind, that it's roughly half barrel god. Okay. And so the the other the other part we've done the dem, we've kind of spun the demigod off a little bit too since then and done different things that are part barrel god blends with other things that we've aged. Um, but yeah, this it it's such a cool combination of all of those like various caramel and toffee flavors that you get in the whiskey nuts and the the sweet bourbon roasted flavors that you get and chocolate notes that you get in the barrel god and they come together just so nicely that you mm. get in my mind almost the best of both worlds i think the demigod maybe i enjoy it more than i like either whiskey nuts or barrel god in general not to say that there aren't ever exceptions but i might have given this one a five on my tap when it came I out do in 2020 the the combination of those two different profiles. Mm-hmm. I think I just this this hits for me. This is this is really good. I like this any good. anything slaps, that has <laughs> that kind of um, kind of roastier, chocolatey molasses mm-hmm. profile to me is really good. That's if I have that in a beer in a stout. I'm happy. Um, a blended beer, if it has those notes, the aroma on it, you get you get a lot of the barrel. You get a lot of, like, the roast. This is a very good beer. Again, very balanced. Not super sweet, although there's a little bit of sweetness in there. But this is a... This is a very special beer. This is this is exciting. I like this beer. <laughs> Super good. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like coats your throat and so it like sits in there for a while. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like you just keep tasting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just kind of, it stays on the palate nicely. Whereas some things it's, it's what sometimes when a beer stays on your palate, it's not a pleasant experience, but this is like, yeah, you just want to keep on. Keep on coming just back for more. Keep drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. And, and talk about legs. Oh, yeah. This is like the Jessica Rabbit of beers. This has <laughs> <laughs> these legs go all the way up. Look at that! Wow, that's yeah. This is great. This is great. Well, the the the, the blending of the barrels, uh, wonderful. Very turned out very nicely. So Thank you. kudos Glad to you, you and your team. Wow. And so speaking this is, of other iterations of demigod. The uh, <laughs> potentially my favorite lights. I feel like I've said this about a handful of liquids, <laughs> but I think I really mean it this time. Potentially my favorite liquid so that love I've how ever you refer to all these things as liquids. <laughs> <laughs> I like using the word liquid. It's a fun word to say. Liquid is good. Seeds of change is not listening right now, by the way. So seeds of change is up there. I still think this one wins as my favorite liquid <laughs> ever. Releasing Thursday back again. Coconut vanilla demigod. Is absolutely outstanding. That is a fire beer. That is a draft release on Thursday. It is a blend of Barrel God Imperial Stout and Whiskey Nuts Imperial Brown Ale uh, infused with Ugandan and Madagascar vanilla beans and toasted coconut. And it is ridiculous. The coconut note on it is 
It's oh, there's no words for it. It's so good. I still have a couple bottles at home. So yeah, so that was something we released like a uh, year ago or so. Yeah. Okay. So the, um, I think the only we, thing you've done coconut better in was a super super karate, karate monkey, monkey death, death car. car. Oh my god, do it again. <laughs> these names for these beers. How do you remember? Hands down, the best coconut a in a beer, beer I've ever had. No, that was just so. a release. I think it was a random. It was like awesome it was in the thing. summer. I still have two <laughs> crawlers in my shortly fridge. Shortly after I started here, actually. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was like spring or summer last year. Yeah. Okay, so Anyways. just to, just to review this yeah. beer, the Whiskey Demigod Twenty Two, the 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 blend of four barrels, releases uh, on draft Wednesday, March 9th. Also, it is available in bottles on that day, and you are not going to want to wait. You're going to want to buy a bottle before you have your pour. You're going to enjoy that pour, and then you're going to get that look in your eye, that twinkle, and you're going to buy another one. And maybe, you know, if you got a really good friend that can't make it, you're going to get another one. And just, you know, the bottles, these are going to go fast. I feel like this is a very special beer. Um, not that the other ones aren't, but this one really speaks to me. I'm buying all three for sure. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back in a second. You are listening to a one-pint stand up here at Lupulin Brewing Company, previewing the 2022 Big Beer Week. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you are enjoying a one-pint stand. Our aim is to help spread the word about craft beer. Enjoying fantastic beer is a passion of ours, and we love chatting about it with other people. A one-pint stand has a goal of helping breweries tell their stories with us, so we attempt to cover all things beer, both local and regional. Want to keep tabs on the show? Go ahead and follow A One Pint Stand on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We would also love it if you like the show and would consider giving us a positive review on whatever platform you listen to us. The more positive reviews we get, the easier it is for other like-minded craft beer geeks to find us. So, next time you're on iTunes and you see our show, give us a review, and that'll put it up in the queue, and a lot easier for people to find. We truly appreciate you listening and taking time to enjoy our stories and listening to us share our passions. Now, back to the show. Uh, so we're back here now. The uh, second half, we're on the home stretch now. Uh, the preview of Big Beer Week 2022 up here at Lupulin Brewing Company. That happens from March 6th to the 13th. They have copious amounts of wonderful beer releases happening every day. If you would like the complete list, go to the Facebook event page, and you will see all the different things, all the wondrous things that will be pouring in the tap room, and pay close attention to the bottle releases schedule. Uh, there's some good ones coming up. And we last, uh, before the break, we sampled uh, three different variations of uh, wonderful uh, big beers. We did the Whiskey Nuts 22 Woodford Reserve. We did Whiskey Nuts 22 Tattersall Edition. And then Whiskey Demigod 22. So now we're on the home stretch here. The first beer up we have is the... Barrel God 22 Isla Scotch. This is an imperial stout aged in Isla Scotch barrels, clocking it at a reasonable 
13.2%. Now, Aaron, I'd like to ask you, have you done... How many uh, Big Beer Week beers have you put in a scotch barrel over the years? Uh, I believe this is the first Big Beer Week release beer that we've put in scotch barrels. And these are the first... uh, so Isla Scotch being um, kind of generally Scotch is divided between peated and non-peated. Isla Scotch are peated. Um, so these are the this is the first time we've ever used peated Scotch okay. for Isla Scotch barrels. We previously had done one beer, uh, two beers now in non-peated Scotch barrels. Okay, and one of those they was... They were not Big Beer Week releases. Okay, was one of those the collaboration that you did with Little Thistle? Yeah, the uh, Unicorn Share. Unicorn Share, that was yep. a very good beer. Um, when you said peated, the minute I took a whiff, yep. there it is. It is there. It's on the nose, but it doesn't uh, assault it's the taste buds. Yeah. yeah, and so it's interesting because I think that when people see peated Scotch and they smell peated Scotch, it's a very distinct flavor. Uh, very distinct aroma, um, can be pretty polarizing. And so um, Marcus said... Yeah, I'm one of those people that cannot stand it. Um, okay. But in this iteration, iteration, I don't know if that's the right word, I, I can taste it, I can find it, but it's it's really pleasing. It's a, it's a nice balance of flavors. Yeah, this is really good. I think it's um, chocolatey. Little little bit of chocolate, a little bit molasses. Um kind of a not a I don't know, there's like it's like it's not I don't wanna say fruity, but maybe like figgy toffee mm. sweetness coming mm-hmm. in there. I would say like toffee like those like super dried red fruits that you would find in like a red wine almost of like almost like a like maybe a like a red a dried red currant. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. He's very balanced. Yeah, this is this is good. Um, how did you? So how did you? So like you mentioned, there's kind of two two main types of scotch. Why did you decide on the peated variety? Um, so at the time of planning our brews for this was just over a year ago. Um, kind of looking at what what sorts of barrels were available to me and wanting to kind of constantly be diversifying the types of barrels that we're using um, in order to do kind of some smaller smaller variant projects of different things to be able to like play with play with our barrel god base which we we love um, but put it into or through different treatments yeah per se I think it, um, I think it plays really well with the scotch Mm-hmm. That that aroma, Agreed. and then just kind of as it's as it's kind of like sitting on my palate, I, I I'm getting just more and more kind of dark chocolate, and that's re- that's really really pleasant. Yeah, kind of a smokiness on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit of smoky and he, and very a very subtle hint of it in the in kind of like the finish, to me, yeah. which I think is going to be a treat. You know, it, it's not super sweet. It's, I mean, you get a little chocolate, but like it's, this is a, this is really interesting. 
Mm-hmm. And not interesting in like the Minnesota <laughs> way that you describe your mother in law's cooking. <laughs> this is like I'm just gonna say, and awesome. it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, fun because you can appeal to both the people that love like that smoked beer with like the, the notes on that nose and knowing that it's a peated scotch, so it's supposed to have that smoke, but it's not like overbearing in any sort of way. Like it just adds like this cool little roasty to balance out the chocolate and the molasses that you're getting. And yeah, I agree. Just, I yeah. agree. This is it this plays is really well. good. That's really good. And I, I will say that we were worried, maybe worried isn't the right way, but prepared when we put beer, the beer in these barrels to probably blend it with something else to tone down the peated smoke character. Yeah. Uh, and we found that we didn't need to do that, um, but we were kind of ready to do that if we needed to. Sure. Sure. Um, so it was a pleasant surprise that it actually just all came together in such an appealing way. Kind of yeah. like you mentioned earlier, you know, not being, you know, super married to just one thing, like being open to, well, hey, this surprised us. This mm-hmm. is not, we're not going to need to blend it. So that's, yeah, this is a really unique beer. Um, that aroma makes, <laughs> yeah, it kind of sets you up for one thing and then you're treated with, oh, okay, yeah, not like, Drinking a charcoal briquette, um, which <laughs> I think some of that peated, peated smoky scotch can can be like that. Um, okay, yeah, this is good. So this is this releases on. Let me make sure I have my uh, date right. So this releases on Tuesday, March eighth. Uh, Correct, sir. And the bottle release as well as the on draft. So make you know. <laughs> let's be honest. If you can make it through Monday. Sunday and Monday, get to Tuesday, you're, you'll be treated with a wonderful, wonderfully uh, enchanting aroma beer with a, a really nice finish on it. Um, we believe in you. You can do it. Yes, you, yes. You, and, you can't and, help but come back the next day so you can get that four-day shirt anyway. So Yeah, that's true. And then something, you got to make, it, gotta and make and it to four Wednesday. Four days after that, too. And then the dog, for hell, sure. If you, if you make it to Wednesday, you might as well just go the you whole, the whole go. stretch and get the awesome, the awesome uh, Marcus Paulson. Uh, and let's be clear too: you do not special. have to drink; you just have to come in and visit the tap room, and I don't even you don't even have to even buy anything. You have to come no. in though and get your get, get your a stamp card on stamped. your card. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, if you need if you need a day here. off. <laughs> You'll be judged heavily. It's yeah, like, I would say if you you're coming here and you're drink. not going to sample something, though. Like, I mean, if I go to the grocery it, store, I'm, I'm putting something. something in the cart. There will at least be some Oreos in my bag when I get there home. Yeah, I don't just That's go there fair. to like do. A, you don't just buy the salad. You're going to get that right. sweet treat as well. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so let's. So that's that's uh, that's the Tuesday, March eighth release. Uh, we got uh, another one. We're moving on. Going I think to. We can move on. Going to the more tropical. This is the first, uh, what I would call pirate beer. Yar. <laughs> Moving on to what to I. what I thought was my favorite beer from this year, but all those whiskey nuts. Now. It's not a liquid anymore. Okay. <laughs> I've changed things. <laughs> He's, the the, the <laughs> nomenclature. I thought it was my favorite liquid. <laughs> the nomenclature has shifted. Uh, so now we're gonna shifted we're gonna to dive into a tropical uh, barrel god twenty two rum. Okay, maybe 12.2%. <laughs> this is an imperial stout aged in Tattersall spiced rum barrels and Appleton Estate rum barrels. 
I'm happy to say that I was able to take one for the team and study abroad and <laughs> see what the Appleston Estate had to offer as far as a rum barrel. Tracy, agree, disagree. Next year, we should infuse uh, a keg of this beer with punch. Oh, and make a rum punch, do you say? Is that what you're going for, Marcus? Oh. Ooh, what about a tropical rum fun punch. pants rum edition? You haven't been to Jamaica before. I learned this because my neighbors uh, got married in Jamaica. And in one of like your seven beverage options in the entire country of Jamaica is rum punch. Um, the first beverage you are offered when stepping off the plane is rum punch. At the airport, and then the first beverage you're offered when you get to your well, you, you're gonna have that red stripe on the side of the road before you get to your it, hotel. It's red stripe and rum punch. That's all they yeah, drink. Yeah, but <laughs> once you get to that hotel, you're gonna have more rum punch, and you're gonna be offered rum punch the entire time you were there. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I part of me felt like when I walked in today, somebody was gonna hand me a tropical fun pants. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's another story for another punch. time. <laughs> you mean an A? An A. You were getting an A, Dan. Yeah, one because, <laughs> We you know, weren't going to give you that. Before you start off these big beers, you want to have, you know, something to, to settle things down. All right. So, Aaron, um, kind of like the, my similar question with the scotch barrel. Uh, is this your first uh, go with a rum barrel? Uh, this is not our first time with rum. We have been... Somewhat hesitant to use rum extensively because we have had not so great experiences with the integrity of the barrels when we get them in general. They they tend to uh, leak profusely, uh, causing large messes and potentially ripping up the concrete of your floor when you try to remove. Dear uh, God. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. That's intense. But... <coughs> Fortunately, um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad this time. Okay, now that you <laughs> say that, I remember uh, when I toured Odell in Fort Collins, they had one of their stouts put into rum barrels. I can't remember; it was like a pirate something stout, um, but like underneath it, it looked Tarp like it, or <laughs> yeah, it looked like the 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 like a, like a jiffy lube. Yeah, like there was like. <laughs> I mean, it was like Yum, oil everywhere. I'm like, what is that? They're like, yeah, rum barrels leak profusely. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some places will like put the barrel racks over, like on top of a tarp. Yep. So that it doesn't destroy their floor. You probably have to throw the tarp away after a while. Um, but they, yeah, they they leak more than many other barrels. The a lot of times. A lot of the Caribbean kind of rum distilleries will store their barrels like out in the elements, and also a lot of the barrels that they get um, are X, say bourbon barrels that were then Scotch barrels that then became rum barrels. So by the time a brewery gets their hands on some of those barrels, they've been used for I don't know 20, 20 plus years or more, and they've maybe have been baking out in the sun. And they, yeah, they, they're not always, uh, they don't have too much integrity left to them. That's interesting. It's kind of like some of my t-shirts, 
that I can no longer wear <laughs> in public. Look like they've been like living with the elements I for a while. They're so soft. Like though, I've right? been, they are soft, and you know, like they got holes in the armpits. They're like yard work shirts. Dude, now. I got those shirts. They're the best. I am. I'm kind of sad because I'm thinking about like my first. Big Beer Week shirt is getting to that point where I'm you like... You can't do that to that shirt, Dan. I'm like, I don't Way know. Represent. I can't. No, I've thrown away, I think, my first The yellow two, one? Maybe yeah, the yellow, yellow one. yellow one is worn out? That's the... That's I don't think I've ever worn that shirt. That's... <laughs> well, I love it. <laughs> that my, canary yellow... Ab- that's Shane's festival, beer festival t-shirt. I can always find him in a crowd when he wears that yellow t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's, you, you stand he out. He is gold. And we're flamingos. You make a statement. I love it. <laughs> you make a statement... But like, yeah, it's uh, and uh, it's not a favorite of the wife. I'm not gonna lie. She's like, what is what is that? I'm like, it's a, this is my big beer week. She's like, you can't wear that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Dan, I can't you wear know that? how much of like a flex that is when you have that T-shirt though. Like, oh, it's there's I mean, still a few OGs OG here that show big up beer in that week, shirt uh, every yeah. year. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. the that's the shirt I wore when we brewed the Belgian double, the beer Ploma collaboration beer. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, sorry we we I've derailed the conversation back to fashion, uh, talking about the uh, compromise so integrity easy for us of to get rum caught up barrel. in toxic well, fashion. Yeah, you know. And when speaking it, of uh, rum barrels, one of the only instances that I'm aware of of one of our beers aged rum barrels is releasing the same day. Uh, barrel God 2017 was aged in rum barrels. It may or may not have been on purpose. From the scheduling. Oh, Aaron, <laughs> you're so smart. <laughs> well, regardless, Monday, March 7th, uh, you can try two different barrel gods, 2022 and 2017, both aged in rum barrels. Oh, that's a good day. I said that is the oldest vintage beer that will be on this year. Oh, fantastic. Get here on Monday, yo. Yeah, yeah. So this, this is... Um, you do get... A lot. The rum's there. Like, you get a lot of... And what's a... Spices were used? Because I get spice. I get spice. Do you know what the spices uh, are? That's a proprietary Uh, thing that uh, Tattersall probably keeps pretty close to the vest. Yeah. I don't know about Jamaican estate... Appleton Estate. Appleton Estate in Jamaica. Well, Tracy took a tour. They, uh, Do you have any insider info? Yeah, Tracy, give us the 411. They, they don't add any adjuncts yeah, at all. That mm. is just what sits. It's like I, this, that was the coolest thing I've done is watching them take sugar cane and tasting like raw sugar cane and ex, like tasting that juice to watch them break that down and taste fresh molasses that comes just from that barrel. Okay. And then see what they do with this rum that has been distilled with this molasses and put into those barrels and how it ages. And it is the coolest thing. I have I have a, a much deeper respect for rum and rum barrels and yeah. what goes into that after doing something like that. Was there a Jiffy Lube experience? <laughs> or were their barrels a little more? No, their barrels together? their the barrels they, were kept in a cool you on the room. Tour are, <laughs> well, that good. was... <laughs> they own three estates on the island, and we were at their smallest one, and everything is kept in a cool room. It is still incredibly impressive how many barrels they pack into a room, but it was chilly in there because we were all in tanks and T-shirts because it was Jamaica weather, and you stepped in there, and they closed the doors, and we were like, oh, that's a little cold. Like, it, was, it wasn't kept at an irresponsible temperature, in my opinion, so... 
Well, I think one of the spices that I'm picking up is the, and I always say it wrong. Is, yep. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> An ace. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> no. I mean, that is a spice that I, yeah, I, I like the black yeah. licorice. Yep, like, yep. I don't know if you're getting that in the, I get it in the nose. Okay. Hey, okay. Well, and I think even, yeah, I get even little in, in the, the taste too. In the Appleton Estate rum, like un, unspiced rums, you're going to taste flavors that are reminiscent of spices. Like well, that is part of the flavor bouquet yeah. that's there that mm. develops from the molasses interacting with the wood over time. Like just because you taste it doesn't mean that that thing specifically was there. Got it. For sure. Yeah. This is the first of all the of all the beers that we've had to me that finishes on a sweeter note. Mm. Which is kind of nice. Um, cause it doesn't, like, it smells. No shock to my peers. It's my favorite. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so uh, good. For those of you who can't see, Marcus so, has traded third or his... fourth beer tonight that he said is his favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've said numerous times, it's my favorite. I thought maybe some of the whiskey nuts are better, but I retract all those statements. This is still my Ma- favorite. Marcus has traded in his uh, T-shirt and hoodie for a coconut bra and is rubbing copious <laughs> amounts of <laughs> Hawaiian Tropic oil on himself. He's clearly been transported to his happy place. Um, yeah, dude. So <laughs> this this is, again, the Barrel God 22 Rum Edition. An imperial stout aged in Tattersall spice rum barrels and Appleton Estate rum barrels that is on tap on Monday, March seventh, and the bottles are for sale that same day. Uh, yes, sir. A, we're kind of like going all over the place. We started with scotch, we went to rum, and then last but certainly not least, we go to the sixth of our. Uh, the sixth stop on our wonderful tour. Seventh, actually. Seventh. So, well, seventh, Six, yeah, sixth right. Bottle. Yeah. Sixth bottle. Yep. Put it uh, together, Dan. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, it was a Friday at a middle school. How many Gosh, judging. Oh, no, uh, me best. <laughs> um, so, we are ending with one of, I mean, this. So, you, you all had the 2021 Barrel God Cuvee at the Winter Beer Dabbler. And that was fantastic. So this last beer that we're going to try is the Barrel God Cuvee 2021-22 blend. The Barrel God Cuvee is an imperial stout blend of five barrels. It spent 31 months in a wild turkey bourbon barrel, 24 months in a Woodford Reserve barrel, 24 months in a Four Roses bourbon barrel, 13 months Appleton Estate rum, and last but certainly not least, 12 months in a Buffalo Trace bourbon barrel. So all of those five barrels were blended to give us what we have now. now it let- is a wonderful beer. This one yeah. I had on Friday, or on Thursday, yesterday. Landon brought it up for me. I think it was Thursday. I can't remember what day, but it is outstanding. <laughs> now Jeff has joined It Marcus is one of my, it is my amounts of favorite oil. beer. <laughs> I love the cuvées. It's outstanding. This is liquid gold, guys. Oh, yeah. Like this is this is amazing. So cuvée, for those of you who don't know, it's not it's not an offshoot of Dracar Noir. 
It is <laughs> a, uh, it is a, a brewing term, which means a uh, a three year blend. Correct. Uh, or a blend of different. Yeah, I think technically, it it's a blend. Mm-hmm. It means that it's a blend of kind of your best available things. Okay. Um, okay. I think. Right. If my understanding is correct, it, okay. there's no like specific number of years involved. It's not like. Oh, I'm getting that. You know what? It's I'm not getting like that confused with a goose. Yeah, with, that's what it is. Like that's traditionally a three-year, one, two, and three-year-old. You know what they say, Lambic. Aaron. What's good for the goose is great for the gander. <laughs> hey <laughs> Take a gander at this. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. But I don't know if cuvee, if it is, if it's always been just a beer term or if it came from the wine world maybe first. I would guess. Probably yeah. came from the wine world. Yeah. Um, okay, but so yeah, this... my understanding is that it's just kind of a blend of like the best things you have available in your stock. At any given, at any given point that you're doing that blend. Okay. Okay. So talk me through. I mean, I, we kind of like, you know, you've mentioned it before, but so this is five five different blends. Um, as you were kind of like, what what? Uh, how did how did these five things come together? Uh, so we we did the cuvee for the first time last year um, using many of the same components that are involved in, in this year's blend, um, that being the wild turkey bourbon barrel-aged barrel god, uh, which at the time was more like um, 20-ish months, 19, 20 months. Yep, right. Um, and then the two, last year's two barrel god releases, besides the cuvee, were in Woodford Reserve bourbon yep. and Four Roses bourbon. Yep. Um, and so we took our favorite barrel from each of those okay. and combined them last year. I remember those those two standing out a lot to me, the Woodford Reserve and the Four Roses. Being super uh, different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, and so this is, I mean, obviously you're coming up here to try new things, but really it's it's kind of a an education in how when you start with the same base beer recipe and put them in two different vessels mm-hmm. of great products, how you can get such different things and they can, they can all be tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. This is a special beer. I like this. Um, very kind of, I mean, there's no mistake that there's a, there's a very, um, uh, prominent bourbon presence in this beer, both in the nose and in the flavor, I think. Yeah. So then with this year, I kind of, after last year, I only had one, one, barrel of that wild turkey bourbon left because that's and actually that's what i mentioned earlier as like a barrel that i never i never drilled for sampling i just left it yeah hoping that when we got to the time to blend this year's cuvee that it would be fantastic mm. and it was well <laughs> you should go buy a lottery uh, but you know like the the i mean it could have just as easily been shit yeah. and gone down the drain. But, um, yeah, so we were planning planning that, knowing saving that one last barrel from now almost three years ago uh, for... A lot of gravity over here at table five. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah, planning to 
we still had a handful of the the Woodfords and the Four Roses from last year for extended aging, and we still have some of those for hopefully next year's cuvee. Um, Aaron, can I just being a nerd and I wasn't here last year when you guys did this? Um, what made you decide to do a cuvee? Um. Well. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. I mean, I think, like, inspiration from, like, other producers that I, you know, admire that have done multi-year blends of some of their barrel-aged stouts and also the we talked about with the demigod blending, like, barley wines with stouts or imperial brown ales with stouts or that kind of thing. It really is inspiration from other producers that I really admire. Um, so the, yeah, that, I mean, who are those that, producers? Uh, well, the I would say maybe the one that like in the in the very end kind of specifically spurred this was Anchorage, I would say, okay. uh, Anchorage Brewing. Um, but there are, I mean, Town Hall's been been doing it. And, you know, lots of places have done it. Um, but just having some really, really cool examples from places like Town Hall and Anchorage and others that, yeah, that, I mean, that's where the inspiration came from. And, um, yeah, kind of made me want to start saving some of our stuff for a little longer and experiment with blending older and newer stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think this one turned out so well. It's so it's good. It's so Heck good. Yeah, dude. Um, it's so good. It's just like, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's a lot to be learned, you know, about this. I think there, so many breweries are doing barrel-aged beers. They're not all quality, and, and I don't think that's like necessarily a fault of the of the brewery, but I think that like, really it just needs to, the process needs to evolve over, over time. And, you know, when you, um, you dedicate the time to learn and you try a bunch of different other ones and you kind of like really kind of dial in your process, but also, um, this is the last time I'm going to mention Mike hoops, but (laughs) you know, he said that when it comes to barrel aging, he believes it's 75% artistry, 25% science, because you just kind of have to kind of know and and be open to, um, well, this is what the barrel should do, but this is what it did. So Dan, what do, have, what have do you, we do with that? Have you ever seen Aaron's notebook that he takes notes on all of these different barrels? But they, like, start tracking things in. They're always, like... Because I'll always go... Because social media, I'm going to... When we're talking about a beer, I'm like, okay, where can I get info on this? Well, somebody wrote it down in this notebook somewhere. (laughs) That's cool. Where can I find that? That I can get that information from. There's... I don't know if it's a secret notebook, but some of these guys, they have these cool notebooks, and they just are always writing things down. And it's so fun to watch them at work and sample all these barrels and take notes and like you know sounds mildly hereditary 
Oh. <laughs> we I, I own no notebooks? storage lockers. <laughs> <laughs> multiple notebooks in Aaron's future. And I do not use composition notebooks. Oh. No. Well, I think, uh-huh. I mean, what you're bringing up to me signals the difference between a job and a passion. For sure. It you is know? so cool to watch these guys work every day. Like, And you, and you really do you really do taste that passion and that dedication in the product. And, or, uh, you know, if, you, if you're, if you're going to make the trip up to Lupulin for Big Beer Week, you are in for a treat no matter if you come one day, if you come all eight days. Um, you are going to taste some special beer made by people that really want to showcase some brilliance. It's expensive. It's a labor of love. And we should all be thankful that they do this every year. So um, this was, uh, you know, we previewed six, uh, no, seven of the beers. So we did Opulent Octopus. Every single one of the new releases. Do you uh, want to okay, yes. talk at all about the in funky infusions that you we, can oh, also actually, sample? So in addition to the infusions, we, we have one other new release that isn't yes. available in package to go. Um but those of uh, the listeners that are familiar with our uh, mixed culture barrel aged program, scribbled lines. Scribbled lines, yep. We have a, uh, a, Brett, a wine barrel aged. Brett. Um, Brett. Imperial, Imperial Brown Ale um, called Stormborn. Ooh. Um, that will be on tap on Friday, March 11th. Okay. Um, and probably, probably, I would guess that it'll be around for the weekend because we've got, we've got plenty of it um, yeah. for people to be able to. That Friday is uh, normally what we call Funky Friday. Yep. So we always we always tap a new Scribbled Lines beer on that on Friday. Um, we try to keep that beer on at least for a week, really. Um, so. Imperial brown ale aged in red wine barrels, conditioned with Britannomyces wild yeast. Mm. Uh, Not saying that if you fun. like the funky things that you should be here on Friday, but you should be here on Friday because that is amazing. Like, you know, you can come. You can good. come for the Stormborn and stay for the opulent octopus orgasm. Oh snap! The, the triple is, O. That is the infusion. That's going to be, uh, you're going to want to hydrate that day for sure. Complete uh, with glitter. <laughs> Sparkles. Yeah, right. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, glitter boy. In it. Glitter. Yeah, dude. Well, um, everyone, uh, this has been a really fun afternoon of talking beer and sampling. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, hopefully uh, you probably already know about Lupulin Big Beer Week. But, you know, if you haven't been, I definitely think you should have it on your social calendar and radar because you will be treated to a variety of different flavors, aromas, textures, and just kind of like a really cool education in what big beers can be when you put them in barrels and different things like that. Um, And not every beer is barrel-aged. You know, they just like, but, you know, also bring water, have food, have a safe drive because the beers are all big. There's a um, hotel nearby, by the way. Like, you can do that. And they have caps. 
We got a handful yeah. of local Ubers. Christy cabs the thing, but bring lots them of options yeah. for you yeah. guys. Yeah, these yeah have a sober cab. Quick, have a you, you know they do, and you know so this is also a plug I want to throw in. Um, will you have uh, NA option yeah. on tap for for yeah. those days? Not barrel aged any options. We have not. <laughs> well, we have not. Up. We have not played yet. I feel like that would uh, take yet. away. That is a fascinating. Or you would have idea. to. We have. You would have to pull the alcohol out after oh. the barrel aging. <laughs> right, yeah. If you put any beer uh-huh. into a barrel. Yeah. Yeah. We it's have not yet played with the barrel aged yeah. option. That might but be tricky. That might be something for 2023. Never say never. Here at Lupulin. Okay. But yes, we will have our NA, our Tropical Fun Pants, uh, will be on tap. Which I've sampled several times. It is delicious. As long as it can be. Yeah, with 40 releases. Yeah, um, it depends on how quickly. get taken over. Yeah, it depends on how quickly things blow. Um, We have 36 tap lines, uh, which we had 36 tap lines last year. Yep. Um, So it just all depends on. There are sodas. There's coffee. Tea. Yep. Uh, nitro cold press coffee. Yep. That's delicious, unadvertised always cold water. press coffee. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so just be safe. We want you to be able to enjoy every year of Big Beer Week. So you know, plan a plan a safe ride. Plan. You know, um, if if one of your friend groups is willing to uh, be the DD, you know, treat them next time. But like, be safe and be smart. Hey, um, make sure that DD gets a punch card because you don't uh-huh. have to buy beer. That's get right. That t-shirt can still get that for t-shirt. Him. They can get a shirt and, and uh, probably Dan. a rub down from Jason. I'm guessing. I mean, he, <laughs> he's very giving with his hands. Jason's uh, handy. If you, if you talk as nicely long as you to consent. him, yeah, yeah. Um, make sure also that you know share that with us. We want to see you guys out here and enjoying. Look for like Big Beer Week gifts. We're gonna have those. Like, start searching Lupulin and Big Beer Week. Um, Tracy, when people show up and take pictures, uh, is there a preferred hashtag that you'd like them to use? Obviously, always tag the brewery and, you know, kind of celebrate that. But Yeah, I think we're going to, our hashtag this year is going to be hashtag BBW2022, so 2022. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, just tag us. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, Yeah. just tag us. I want to repost you guys. I want to see you guys all out here having fun because I did it for years and I know Marcus likes seeing it. So I'm so stoked. I could always count on Tracy for something to repost. (laughs) Uh, You'll probably see it still, but I'm so stoked to see what you guys have to say about these beers this year because I'm excited and this is going to be so cool for me, so... Well, just just like the beers that are going to be on display starting on uh, Sunday, March sixth, this podcast is is a big podcast. We're going on almost two hours, so we're gonna we're gonna call it. And uh, I just want to thank everybody here at Lupulin for having me up. This is always something that I look forward to. I really love coming here because I feel like I always learn so much about beer, and I always uh, strengthen the friendships that I've made with you all. So. Uh, Thank you so much, This has been a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much. Hell yeah, man. We appreciate you, Dan. Yeah, I appreciate you all as well. Cheers, bud. This has been another on location. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Yes, let's let's do let's do one last final thing. Um, When my when my beer sheet left, I sloshed a little bit of this on my windbreaker. Oh, there it is. Yes, getting the audio. There we go. Cheers, everybody. This is awesome. Yes. So this has been another on-location episode of a one-pint stand up here at Lupulin Brewing Company previewing the Big Beer Week 2022. Prost. Holy cats. 
What a great time we had talking about the 2022 Big Beer Week up at Lupulin Brewing Company. I just want to thank Jeff, Aaron, Marcus, Tracy, Jason, everybody uh, for for making that interview so much fun. Um, I think it I think it translated. <laughs> I think you could tell how much fun we were having. Um, and you know, 40 beers coming out for Big Beer Week. We previewed uh, seven of the new ones. Um, but if you want a full list of everything that's releasing and which dates they're doing uh, bottle uh, bottle releases, uh, go to the Lupulin Brewing Company Facebook event page for Big Beer Week 2022. It's got all your information. I know recently they've been putting up which food trucks are going to be up there when. So it's going to be a really fun celebration. Uh, I cannot thank them enough for having me up there. Uh, I really, really do look forward to Big Beer Week every year. And this was, um, I think, for every beer for every Big Beer Week they've had, uh, a One Pint Stand has been there to do a podcast and cover it. So that's also wonderful of them to keep having me up there. So with that, we are at the close of another episode of A One Pint Stand. I hope that you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed putting this episode together. I appreciate you taking the time to put us in your ears. And until next time, this has been A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast where the pants stay on, but the caps come off. Prost. Words are hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> words have words been so are hard, hard for me to sleep. Word, words are hard. It's very, really, very tricky. Um, yeah. It's really great on the keyboard. Words have been my arch none. Arch none. Yeah, I mean, it's nemesis. It's like everything Marcus, else. help me. <laughs> he knows what I mean. What time Nemes- did she start drinking today? Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. There's a lot of big beers here. It's no, it's fine. It happens. It's okay. Uh,